from time to time in the in the you know, the church will uh, change some of the the verbiage of the words and the rituals that we use. I remember that time maybe 15 years ago where they made adjustments in the sacramentary, uh, the words that we used to say the mass, some of the words changed, remember that? And it, it does that, not arbitrarily, but to bring the, the words that we use more closely in line with the ancient text or scripture. And recently they, they did it with uh, the rite of marriage, changed the nuptial blessing, some of the words to make it more rich. Uh, they, they changed uh, the, the, the words of, uh, that we use in baptism to bless the water, uh, again, to make it richer, more in line with the, the scriptural uh, text. And so it's, it, think, it does that to make it more faithful. Recently, uh, just in the last month, um, the church changed uh, some of the words in the formula for absolution, for confession. And real small changes, but they were significant. And you know, typically, when you go to confession and you confess your sins, and the, the, the priest gives you a penance, you say you're at contrition, and then he gives you absolution. It's Jesus sitting there in the person of the priest to absolve you of your sins. And the priest holds up his hand and he says, God the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins through the ministry of the church. May God give you pardon and peace, and I absolve you from your sins, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Um, so first of all, I, none of you just went to confession. Okay, let's just get that straight. <laughs> so you still have to go. <laughs> that, was, that wasn't uh, an authentic absolution. Uh, but that's the words that I use, or were. There are two changes, two small ones. Uh, it sent the Holy Spirit uh, for the forgiveness of sins. It is no longer sent. It's poured out the Holy Spirit, poured out the Holy Spirit, and then uh, may God give you pardon and peace. Now it's may God grant you pardon and peace. So uh, pouring out of the Spirit and granting uh, pardon and peace. Why, why even bother? It's such small words, huh? But they're significant because it gets to, first of all, what the Trinity is. It's a love, it's a family, it's love being poured out not just sent, but poured out like, like water, huh? like poured out like love. And it's to say God is pouring out his love, uh, the love of Christ through the Spirit into you and to make you a member of his family again, to make you a new creation because sin has gotten in the way of that. But the other part is that word going from uh, may God give you to may God grant you, that, grant, that word grant is covenantal. It's a contract, it's, it's a covenant, it is, it is an oath that God swears to, do, to be the partner in this oath, in this covenant, to get you, get you home, to get you back. You know, we can't do it, but he can and he does. So through a covenant, God is granting us membership in the family by pouring out the Holy Spirit on us, by pouring out his love. That makes sense, doesn't it? makes it more richer, and it's certainly more authentic to the original text. Now, uh, let's talk about that a little bit. If you just don't mind, I'm just going to do a little bit of historical th uh, stuff for a couple minutes um, uh, about the Holy Spirit, because today's Pentecost. Now, uh, the, the original movement of God in creation in Genesis is that, the, 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 that God, the Father, speaks the word 
second person of the Trinity, God the Father speaks the word over the nothingness, over the void, over the watery chaos. All right? Uh, and that word is carried by the Spirit. There's a, there's a wind that carried the word over the chaos and came about creation, the garden, us. So God, by speaking his word in the Spirit, the wind that carries it over disintegration, disunity, the void, the nothingness, brings about unity and cohesion and coherence and creation. That's what God does. That's his essential act of love, is to bring all into a being with himself. Now, uh, creation, and we're in that, in that existence that we have with God was friendship, intimacy, unity, everything's together. Adam and Eve, they're in union with each other, with themselves, and with God and creation. It's perfect until sin comes. Sin is saying, I don't trust you, God, to be a good father. Uh, so I'm not going to follow you anymore. I'm going to follow myself. They took, remember? Who sowed that seed of division but the devil? Now, uh, uh, Satan, devil, uh, ho santanas uh, means separator. Uh, ho uh, diabolo means uh, divider. So the devil gets into that unity because he hates it, doesn't like our friendship with God, so he tries to destroy it by sowing seeds of discord, disunity, and creates fragmentation, separation, division, anger, recrimination. So Adam and Eve, who were in complete unity, now are in disunity. That's what sin does. So God is going to pursue us, and he does, through the covenants and Noah, and, and you know, the Spirit carried the, uh, you know, over the water, and then all of a sudden creation reemerges on the mountain, and Noah gets out of the ark, which is our rescue operation, which is a foreshadowing of baptism. And and the first thing they do is they, they build an altar and they worship. Things have come back together. We're back in union with each other and with God now. But it doesn't work. Sin multiplies. And, and that's where the illusion in the first reading, where it talks about uh, that they were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak in different tongues. And and, and then they were amazed that are all these people from different places, and yet we hear them speaking in our own tongues, all right? Now, so one of the acts of the Spirit at Pentecost is to, is, to, is to bring that unity of language back. Well, where did that get disunified? Remember at Babel, uh, they said, let us make a name for ourselves. They already had a name, and that was, that was the name that God gave them. Their name was from God. Their power was from God. Their love was from God. Their, you know, everything they did was supposed to be from God. But they said, you know what? We don't like that. That's what sin does. It's like Adam and Eve all over again. We aren't going to follow you. We don't trust you. We want to do this ourselves. We're going to build a tower up to heaven. So we don't need you to get there. We can do it ourselves. And so God coming in the second person plural, uh, because he's a trinity, speaks to, to himself, but in a plural, you know, do you see what they're doing? Let's, let's, uh, let's confuse their language so that they can't work together anymore and build this monstrosity and, and continue on this road of pride. It's medicinal, this thing of confusion of languages. It's to get them away from this thing that they're doing, and it scatters them across the earth, and they're gone. That, that Tower of Babel, where Babel comes from babbling because they couldn't understand each other as a, as a result of what God did, uh, and that separation and confusion 
persists and perdures. Israel is a nation that has God as a father and speaks the one language of love and faith, the language of monotheism, until they don't, until they rebel, and they get put into slavery in Egypt for 400 years. They forget God. They forget their rituals. And so God says, I'm going to get you out. I'm going to send Moses and get you out so you can go back in the desert, and I'm going to remonotheize you and reteach you, and you're going to learn how to worship again. So here's the thing. From the day they left Egypt to the day they got to Mount Sinai, when Moses received the Ten Commandments, uh, the law written on stone, uh, was 50 days. That's where the first Pentecost, penta means 50. So Pentecost, the first one, was a Jewish feast, primarily an agricultural one, which celebrated the first harvest. But secondarily, and most importantly, it was a religious feast where they celebrated God's action of bringing them back into the family by getting them out of sin and slavery and getting them under the law where they could follow God and learn about God and be with God and his family once again. You see, so Pentecost is a celebration of reintegration, coming together, being a family again, overcoming the effects of sin and bringing order to disorder and bringing um, unity to creation or to the chaos of creation again. So that's what they were celebrating. And that's what they had until they didn't because they rebelled and sinned again. And this is, this, this is the whole thing with, with us until finally God says, all right, they can't do it, so I will. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. So he sends the son into the world by the spirit. Remember the father said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And the spirit descended on him uh, in the form of a dove. Listen to him. So this is the instrument, the spirit again, active, bringing us into unity with Christ. Because if we're not in union with Christ, that's where, the, that's where the division takes place. So now, so Christ is here, does his ministry, puts his team together, gets the, the framework of the church together, and then he goes to the cross, does the Paschal mystery, uh, and he rises from the dead by the Spirit. And, and that's, that's what we have here in, uh, in the gospel today, is the first is, a, is Easter Sunday, where Jesus comes and stands in their midst, and the first thing he does is says, peace, because they're afraid, because they're sinners, and they took off, and they ran, and they betrayed him. Peace. Then the second thing he does is show them his wounds, uh, which is the effects of sin. This is what you did to me. But the third thing he says is peace, because he doesn't want them to real. he wants them to realize, I'm not here to punish you. I'm here to say that this is the very thing that's going to save you, these wounds. So get on board, get back in the family, and get to work. And then he sends them to work. He gives us a mission. He says, what you hold bound is bound, loosed is loose. In other words, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them. It's a confession. He's saying to his first priests, his bishops, go and forgive sins because that's the form of disunity. That's the form of chaos. That is the uncreation. That is the problem with this world. We are our own boss, and we need to help people come back in the family to realize that there's one language, and that's, and that's the language of the church. So on Pentecost, the Spirit comes, again, from the resurrection to Pentecost in the, new, in the new dispensation is 50 days. The new Pentecost isn't uh, freedom from Egypt and slavery and to, to Sinai in, the, in the, the law written on tablets, on stone. Now it is uh, freedom from death and sin and the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is not written on stone but on our fleshy, pulsating, living hearts. It's, it's a living thing. And, and he animates that church and that team by sending the Spirit. And they go out, and they're, conf they're like, what's going on? We can understand all these languages. 
We're speaking our own, they're speaking theirs, but we understand each other. Why? Because there's one language, one faith, one Lord, one church, one Eucharist. This is the the power of the Spirit unleashed in the world, brings everything together. All of us in our differences have one thing in common. We are created by God, loved by God, and sent by God into the world to baptize and to preach the Holy Spirit and the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. That's it. And it says, the Spirit came down as tongues of fire. That's exactly right. Tongues. What is that? Speaking. Speak with fire. Brothers and sisters, we have seen amazing things in our lives. We say, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do to preach. Preach your life. Preach from experience. You have seen and experienced amazing things. You, you have received the love of, of God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. You have been baptized. You have seen a soul steeped in original sin, uh, brought, born naturally into the world, but supernaturally into heaven through baptism. You have seen a baby come out of the water as a new creation, as another Christ. You have seen two people get married in, in church, and those two people become one body in Christ. They become a sign of Christ's uh, presence in the world and the, in the life of the world to come and the wedding feast of the Lamb in heaven. You have seen two people become a new creation. Out of, out of uh, separation, they come in the one flesh union. You've seen bread and wine turned into the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, and you have received it. it has come in, it's come inside you, and you will become Christ. You will become divinized. You will become his life in the world, right? You've received that grace. You've seen yourself go into confession and come out a new creation as Christ in there shows you his wounds and absolves you and says, I love you. Now get out there and love other people. What you receive, you give. You came in broken, separated, divided. Now you are unified, reintegrated, and back in the family. Now go out there and bring other people into the same family. That's it. The, the whole sweep of salvation history is right here today on Pentecost. And you get to have it. It's about your life. Your story is part of this feast that we celebrate today. It's beautiful. We've all got areas of our life where there's disintegration, anger, recrimination, grudge, uh, anxiety, fear, whatever. Brothers and sisters, you say, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. When you pray to the Holy Spirit, you say, Holy Spirit, tell me what to do. And sometimes the Holy Spirit's going to tell you something you don't want to do, so you ignore it. But when the Holy Spirit tells you what to do and you do it, what do you have? Peace. That's discernment. You pray about it, and you hear the Holy Spirit tell you to do something, and you're saying, is that really the Holy Spirit? Does it give you peace? If it does, do it. Now, sometimes you pray, and you hear something. It's like, you know... Uh, it's what I want, but I know I'm not supposed to do it, and it doesn't give me peace. That's not from God. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's the evil one trying to drive you out of the family and bring disorder and disintegration and separation and division. That's discernment. Don't do that. Whatever gives you peace, that's the Holy Spirit. That's what you do. That's what we do. Bring people back home, back in the family. Come, Holy Spirit, and kindle in my heart the fire of your love. Send forth your spirit, and we shall be recreated. Amen.